Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Happy Friday. It is October the 6th. For those of you in Canada, let me wish you a happy upcoming long weekend. It is the Thanksgiving weekend in Canada, so I'm sending out my, my best to all of you. And even if you're not having a long weekend this upcoming weekend, thank you again for joining me here. I am Michael Iani Polarchio, a longtime entrepreneur, computer science, consultant, strategy, futurist, loving all things related to data and analytics, business intelligence, and podcasting. We've got a fun show. I'm going to keep it a a briefer show. Last week we had a a show that was just over an hour, so we're going to keep this one a little briefer this week. I'm so glad that you've joined me. We're going to be talking about artificial intelligence. We're going to be talking about time management and prioritization. And I also want to just give a tech tool tip of the week. So lots, lots to talk about here. Let's buckle up and let's get going. Well, it's been quite the week, first week of October, episode 49 here. So much to potentially talk about that I wanted to sort through some topic ideas this morning here in my home studio. The school is closed today. There's an extra day tacked on to this long weekend, which I'm so, so grateful for. Um, And so I'm sitting in my home studio and looking over all kinds of things that I thought, what can I bring to the listening community today? And I felt that talking about artificial intelligence, but in the context of a a sort of a broader um, industry area, and that's talking about what is the impact or how will generative AI Uh, transform sort of traditional business intelligence. Now, you may have just heard me say those two phrases and be wondering, what does any of that mean? Now, generative AI, we've talked a lot about here, um, and that is things like ChatGPT. And now we know that it's not the only player in town. Um, ChatGPT is the OpenAI product, but we've got all kinds of other uh, entrants into the market as well. We've got uh, Google's uh, Bard, we have Anthropics, uh, Claude, um, and we've got a whole host of others. It seems like there's just um, there's new ones that are emerging every day. Um, so generative AI, I think, as a listening community, you probably have a good sense of what it is that I'm talking about. But what about um, business intelligence? You may be hearing that term and and and, and wondering. What is that exactly? Um, Well, this is a really specific um, area that is really referring to the technologies, um, both infrastructure, uh, platform, and software, uh, you know, various applications, uh, and also sort of the skill set and practices where an organization can collect and integrate uh, and analyze their data. Organizations have data. 
um, and to turn that data into something more than just the transactional output. You know, I buy something and uh, data is recorded, you know, what I bought, how much I bought it for. Um, for those of you in the education space, you know, your schools are filled with data, um, attendance data, um, grades are considered data. Just the, the, the list of students and their addresses is data. Organizations are filled with data. And business intelligence, there's a little bit of a misnomer because it makes it sound like, oh, only businesses can uh, engage in, in, in using this. But that's not true. It could be just as easily called organizational intelligence. But the purpose of business intelligence is really meant to be able to provide insight. How do you turn that transactional data whatever it might be for your organization, how do you turn that into an asset, an insight that you can make better decision-making? At the end of the day, business intelligence is around allowing organizations to make better decisions that are data-driven. Business intelligence are, are data-driven decision support systems in a sense. And there's lots of, of great platforms um, things like MicroStrategy. Now, some of you, again, might be hearing that and thinking, sorry, is that Microsoft? No, MicroStrategy is the leading uh, business intelligence platform. But there are others, like Tableau. Microsoft does have its own called uh, Power BI. And there are all kinds of tools that um, data analysts and, and data architects use to move data, transform data. There's all kinds of things that need to be done. Um, but the layer that sits on top of those things are these types of, of um, tools like MicroStrategy that allow you to, to visualize uh, that data, to interact with that data. So it's been established for a very long time um, you may actually in your own organization already being uh, already have been consuming uh, things that come from um, a business intelligence type platform. So when you're looking at a report, you know, uh, give me a report uh, that is showing me, I don't know, trends in uh, students' final transcripts. Um, maybe a guidance department is using that. Or you're getting some report that's showing you... Uh, trends, geographical trends on insurance claims if you are, let's say, in the insurance industry. You're already consuming these types of business intelligence outputs. Quite often, dashboards are created. You know, you, you open up a dashboard and it's giving you all the vital information for key performance indicators inside your organization. So these things have been around for a long time, uh, part of my background in a large way for many, many years prior to coming to Branksom Hall. Um, but we have introduced some of these things um, on a small scale inside our own organization as well. Tools like MicroStrategy are really focused on organizations that have really, really large data sets. You may have heard the term big data. So with generative AI technology, you know, so being able to integrate the horsepower, the the generative strength of uh, a tool like ChatGPT, how does this begin to change? And the reason this has been on my mind is you can see it creeping in. Microsoft, with their huge ownership stake in 
OpenAI will build this into Power BI. We know that we've, they've already been building it into their operating system and their, their office suite. MicroStrategy this week uh, announced uh, that their generative AI capabilities built right into their, their platform and their product has arrived. And so now what does that mean? It's going to change the way, for sure, the way developers and and, and users of these tools that create the environments for the end user, that's going to change. And maybe we'll save that for a future podcast. Got an idea to do that, uh, sort of a bit of a panel discussion on that. But it's going to change as well, the types of things that we as developers um, can provide to data analysts and general end users inside um, organizations. When you look at generative AI, you know we know that it has the strength to to generate content, content that reads really well. And one of these the issues of generative AI, things like ChatGPT, especially early on, was it wasn't always giving factual information. But the beautiful thing is now it does, it can when it's coupled with your own data. And that will change a lot of different things. It will, think of a dashboard. Think of a dashboard that's displaying key information for your organization, whether you're a non-for-profit, whether you're a school, whether you're a business, You've got a dashboard that you look at on a daily basis, for instance, or a weekly basis. And that dashboard changes, uh, not structurally, but in terms of what it's displaying, right? Maybe certain things are, are showing you red flags because the data is indicating a trend that's a negative trend inside your organization. Maybe that, that dashboard is showing you information around the current state of something inside your organization. Well, Generative AI, you know, is going to give us the possibility to automate the design of these dashboards and the layout of these dashboards based on your role. Right now, you know, we would have to implement multiple different kinds of dashboards. Maybe I've put something together for the senior leadership team. Maybe there's a dashboard that a group of middle managers are using or, or other uh, directors within an organization. Like you've got to create each of those. What generative AI lets us do is create something once, one type of dashboard that then can be automatically through the power of generative AI reworked, the design of it, the layout based on the user's role or based on the preference of the user or what the user's trying to do. And so we'll see dynamic generation of dashboards and this will really streamline the, the delivery of information and enhance decision-making. The other thing we know that generative AI tools like ChatGPT are really good at is that we just speak to them in natural language. In a, in a way, we are, we are coding. We've all become developers. We've talked about this. We just happen to be using uh, a natural language, English, for instance. Well, when we meld the strength of natural language generation with powerful business intelligence tools, it really gives us this scenario where we can create textual descriptions or summaries that really expand on trends in the data, anomalies, patterns. And this can help the general user of these types of tools or these types of outputs in a really enhanced way. 
can also generate reports. I may be looking at a dashboard and it makes total sense to me as a power user inside my organization. With a push of a button, I can generate a report and I can say, maybe I'm, I'm typing something in, generate a report for my board, generate, my, generate a report for this student's parents, for instance, or generate a report for all the, the parents of the grade nine students. Generate a report I can give to, to department heads inside a school. And suddenly the things that I'm seeing inside my dashboard, the insights that have been gleaned through the integration of data from within my organization, school in this example, can now be generated into another asset really easily. The other thing is, you know, generative AI models really excel in, in simulating scenarios, organizational scenarios that are derived from historical and real-time data. And, and this will be something that we see coupled with business intelligence types platforms will really be a game changer. You know, the simulation capability is just, it's critical. It's, it's foundational in being able to do better forecasting and exploring the consequences or um, the possible outcomes of various strategic decisions. We're definitely going to see enhancements in data visualization, the way we can visualize data, you know, think of graphs as a way to visualize large sets of data. Well, business intelligence tools already take that to a very sophisticated next level. If we blend the strength of generative AI with business intelligence, it, it will just unleash far more intuitive, far more insightful visualizations that are, that are crafted by understanding the data's context, right? So right now, you know, business intelligence tools get, do a great job of visualizing data algorithmically. But with generative AI, we can layer on context of that data and what the user is asking for. And this, to me, will drive an innovation that we've never seen in the area of business intelligence. It's really, really going to be super, super exciting. It's personalized. Right? We talk a lot about the importance of personalization in education. Well, across all organizations, whether it's healthcare, if it's insurance, whether you're a telecom, whether you're a school, that ability to decode individual user behavior as they interact with data as they interact with dashboards, as they interact with what are traditionally static reports, generative AI can personalize this analytical experience and deliver insights in a way we've never seen and really just increase relevance. And so this is really exciting to me uh, coming out of uh, a background for many, many years uh, in, the, in the area of data. But it's exciting to me as well as a strategist because I, I recently wrote an article that I published on LinkedIn, which is getting just a lot of traction. I'm so pleased. And in that article, I talked about how in this day and age of exponential change, no organization can rely solely on, on strategy and the strategic process. It's paramount and, and completely critical to, to 
focus on strategy and be strategic and work with your your teams to create that overarching strategy. But you've got to couple it, the article I talked about, with futurist thinking. And you'll be able to do that more effectively in the future as an organization, both in the planning, but also then in the day-to-day decision-making through enhanced business intelligence, through business intelligence that's coupled with generative AI. So it's super exciting for me because at the end of the day, the better decisions we make, let's say the better decisions that are being made in a school, the better your strategic outcomes are, the better you'll be able to serve your student needs, your educator needs. So it's an area to look out for. It's, a, it's an area, if you've never explored this area, that you, you really should start to take a look at that and understand the potential benefits for your own organization. I want to talk about prioritization. You know, we've all got to-do lists. I'm, I'm sure each and every one of you, now that I've just said that here on the podcast, suddenly thinking of a list of tasks that you've got. Some people I know create multiple to-do lists, ones that they use for work, uh, ones that maybe they want for their personal life. I've seen people create multiple to-do lists for um, different projects, for instance. We live, you know, in a time where there's never a shortage of things to be done. Uh, And this can impact our ability to, to get things done. And I recently had uh, an opportunity to speak to a group of people. Uh, We were talking about um, critical thinking and, you know, your ability to think critically, really, you've got to have time. Uh, Your ability to focus on strategy inside your organization, you've got to have time. So many people have projects or things that they want to get to and they just can't seem to get to it. Or when something new arises inside your organization, maybe you get that panicked feeling like, oh no, this is like another thing and I haven't even managed to finish these three things that I've been focused on. Now, sometimes this can just be that there's too much. Uh, And then that really requires just sort of a look at overall workload. Are things resourced correctly? But quite often, it's not a factor of, is there too much? on my to-do list, on on all the tasks that I'm looking at. It's that we're not focused on the right tasks. And this is really important um, to be able to prioritize, to be able to say, what should I focus on first? Um, What should I try and delegate? What should I just take off my to-do list? Or maybe what should I say no to the next time something is coming? And so I wanted to talk a little bit here just about a really nice, neat, tidy technique um, just to help you frame these questions for yourself. And it's called the Eisenhower box. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Eisenhower box comes from a former U.S. president. It's, it's the, the way that uh, President Eisenhower tried to group tasks. So think of a two by two matrix, you know, a box uh, with four little boxes in it. 
um, and the axis is um, not important or important. I usually just put important on one side and I say, you know, uh, is it of low importance or high importance? And then there's urgency. You know, is it urgent or not urgent? Um, you know, low urgency or high urgency. So visualize that in your mind. If you need to grab a piece of paper, uh, draw a box, um, and then put a line down the middle of that box horizontally, put a line uh, um, in the middle of that box vertically, and you'll have four quadrants. Put your axis importance, put your axis urgency. And now we can categorize these four areas, these four quadrants. If something is important and urgent, this is a category that the Eisenhower box labels as do and do it now. If it's important and not urgent, that box is labeled decide. And it's not decide whether you do it or not. It's decide when you do it. Schedule a time to do those tasks. If it's not important and urgent, that quadrant is labeled as delegate. And you should be asking yourself the question, who can do this for me? And if it's not important and it's not urgent, that quadrant is labeled delete it. The Eisenhower box says eliminate it. Uh, and I add to it decline it. So if something's coming in and it's a new task and you think of this task in relation to this framework, if I determine that task coming in is not important and not urgent, I should decline that task immediately. So when you think of this, do, decide, delegate, delete, I know even just from myself quite often, I'm doing things that are not important, urgent, but not important but I should be delegating that. And that is such an important skill for everyone to be able to develop, especially leaders. If we're doing things that we could have delegated, we are, we are not doing things that we may be uni uniquely positioned inside our organization to do those things. And we may be very specifically tasked to do those things. So in a sense, we're doing the work of others while ignoring the work we should be doing. I think as well, when we are doing things that are not important and not urgent, we're doing things we, we shouldn't be doing. Perhaps nobody should be doing, but for sure, we should not be doing them. And I think we spend a lot of time in those two quadrants. I think the other thing that happens is sometimes something is important and not urgent, but we've prioritized that or it's because it's just come in on a, on a Friday morning and we jump on it. Or perhaps the asker of, of this item, we sort of misperceive, maybe based on their hierarchy, their role inside the organization. I don't know, maybe how nicely they asked you. Maybe they brought you a latte when they asked you. It's important, but not urgent. And so we should be saying, I will schedule this for next week. I'll, I'll do this on Monday, you know, as opposed to today. 
And that, as well as a learned skill, it can be hard. There's a, there's a great sort of values-driven way to think about this interaction. It's called the, the relationship trust cycle. Really, really smart um, consultant. Um, she educated me on this. And what the relationship trust cycle is, it's that ability that when you get a task, when you get an ask, a request, in a values-driven organization, I as the receiver should be able to evaluate that and then negotiate it in a sense. It's just a simple conversation with the asker. If, the, if it's my boss, I should be able to say, okay, when exactly do you need this? Do you need it today or could this wait till Monday or Tuesday? And by doing that, I can take tasks that, yes, I will do them and they are important, but I'm scheduling them in their rightful place in my allotment of time. And that allows me to focus on those truly important and urgent things. The do category, the do it now. And of course, you know, as time goes by, it's Friday today and I've got some items in my important and non-urgent, my decide, those items obviously shift into the do it now when I, when I arrive at that point in the future. So this is not a static framework that um, you sort of do it and then you're like, oh, it's done. And now I just look at this, this piece of paper. Or if you want to do it digitally, there's some, some neat tools that we'll talk about um, that allow you to do that. That'll be my tech tool tip of the week. Um, <clears throat> it's dynamic. It's got to be fluid. You know, as you knock things off, what this is, is it's a framework to thinking about prioritizing. It actually forces us to say to ourselves, I do need to prioritize the work that I do. I need to be able to evaluate the things I'm doing and ask myself the question, am I doing the right things at the right moments? Am I doing the things I'm supposed to be doing? So check that out. Very easy to find additional information on the Eisenhower box. And we'll be back in a few seconds to talk about the tech tool tip of the week that relates to this. Welcome back. And let's talk about a tech tool that can help you with that prioritization. There's lots of great to-do um, apps and tools. I use a whole bunch and I've tried a whole bunch. And this is one that um, caught my eye uh, from a company called Xwavesoft. Um, you can find them at xwavesoft.com. And it, it is there, they've got a number of products, but there's two I would like to focus on that kind of, in my mind, go hand in hand. The first is called Focus Matrix. And the Focus Matrix is a digital version um, of the enablement of the Eisenhower box. They say Focus Matrix is a smart personal organizer based on the Eisenhower box, a personal productivity strategy created by the 34th president of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower. And the nice thing about this is it lives in your computer. It lives in your laptop. Um, it also has um, um, iPhone applications, iPad applications, um, and it is really set up the same way. Important, urgent, important, not urgent, not important, uh, urgent, and not important, uh, not urgent, and <clears throat> allows you to take a to-do list, keep a to-do list digitally, 
and and map it out in this tool and then manage that as you knock things off you're checking them off and it, it's it's really quite nice because it syncs across um all those three devices sorry this is a, a, a more of an apple focused uh, uh tech tool tip what i like as well is it it starts to give you analytics on the current week the previous week um the current month where you actually get to see uh, in a visualized set of um, graphs, where have I been spending my time? You've got to be able to reflect. If you're really going to move to being able to prioritize well as an individual, and I would say challenge your team as well. If you're a department head, talk about this with all the other department heads because you're going to have collective things you're working on. If you're a member of a senior leadership team like I am, this should be something you talk about as a group and understand this as a group. And you have to be able to reflect on it. And then you go off and do it as individuals, but it makes you better as a group. The other tech tool that can be integrated with this is another tool that the same company, XWaveSoft, has, which is called Be Focused. And what Be Focused is, is it's a digital uh, tool that uh, allows you to really uh, easily do the Pomodoro technique. We've talked about this before. It's actually something I've used for quite a long time personally, something I teach to students. And the Pomodoro technique um, allows you to break up tasks into discrete, smaller intervals of work. Work for 25 minutes, take a five-minute break. Work for 25 minutes, take a five-minute break. And so you, I may have a task that needs two Pomodoro timers, for instance. Maybe it's, it's a task that'll take about an hour. So 25 minutes of working, take a break. 25 minutes of working, take a break, and I'm done that task. And then I move on to the next one. And the nice thing is that if you're using Be Focused with Focus Matrix, both installed on either your computer or your iPad or your iPhone, this allows you to take the things that you've prioritized as important using the Eisenhower box um, approach and using the focus matrix on your, on your, on your computer uh, or on your um, iPhone. And when you go to initiate, okay, I'm getting ready to do this. I'm doing this item that is important and urgent. You can use Be Focused to help you now do that prioritized task to, to stay focused on completing that, to minimize distraction. So check those out. If you're an Apple user, if you're a Windows user or an Android user, feel free to send me ideas that you uh, use or, or software applications that you use to help you do this kind of thing. Well, I'm going to wrap it up for this week, bring episode 49 to a conclusion. Next week, we've got episode 50, and I have a very exciting and very important show for you next Friday for episode 50. Just happens to be that we're hitting this milestone number uh, with uh, a point in time where I want to really talk about uh, an exciting topic. So I'm teasing you with that. 
to um, really encourage you to tap in uh, next Friday. Have a wonderful, wonderful Friday if you are listening to this podcast on the day that it's been released and then a great upcoming weekend. Again, to all of um, you in Canada that are celebrating um, Thanksgiving this weekend, do enjoy that. If you don't um, celebrate Thanksgiving, just enjoy the long weekend. I know that I will. I'm going to be spending some time with family and that's going to be lovely. I'm going to be spending some time reading some new books uh, and I'm going to spend some time just doing some physical walking and see if I can sneak a run in uh, and use, you know, the the four days. I'm so grateful to have the extra day um, to use uh, these four days to um, find myself, uh, rebalance myself after a busy week uh, and get myself recharged for the week ahead. So until we connect again, thanks again for joining. I am Michael Iannipolarchio saying ciao.